So as mentioned, I do feel an urgency for prayer. I'm going to be up front for prayer to return to the church. I feel that urgency for prayer to return, for prayer to come back home, for prayer to revisit us. So much that we've invested in renting this place out again. It's not cheap renting this place out. But who would ever think you would have to pay for prayer? That's what we're doing. We're paying money to pray. That's how much of an urgency I feel. That's how much I, we should invest in this. But I want to talk to you about prayer and probably like you've never heard it before. But in Ephesians, here's, you guys, write notes, okay? Message that you are going to want to take notes with. Take out your phones. If some of you have pen and paper, take that out. But this is a message you're going to want to take notes with. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to shout. I'm not going to scream. I've never been so excited to come and speak. I've always been excited to preach. Today, I'm not excited to preach. Today, I'm excited to give you a message. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Here's what it says. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Okay, you guys, look at this here. This is a verse that is actually revealing something that probably you have never been taught in your entire life. Paul the Apostle says, and keep on praying, but here's what I want you to focus on. When he says, with all kinds of prayers. I'll be honest. For the majority of my Christian walk, majority of it, I've always thought that there was only one method of prayer. And that was either on my knees or at the altar. I've always believed that if I didn't get on my knees and pray, then I didn't pray for that day. There's people that are sitting here right now today, you've actually said about your own self, I haven't prayed in two years. Because you think the only way to pray is on your knees. That is not true. You pray probably almost every day of your life. And today I'm going to help you see the all kinds of prayers that Paul is telling the Ephesian church. All kinds of prayers. Say that with me. Say all kinds. Say it again. All kinds. I'm going to take the religion out of you today. There's different kinds that are modeled throughout the Bible. They're discussed in different places. They are discussed in different ways. The prayer, different places, different ways. And as you know, all prayer is, is communication with God. But here's what I want to bring to your attention. But as with communication with people, there's so many different ways to communicate. I mean, when I talk to Pastor Joe, I don't talk to him one way all the time. I talk to him with all kinds of ways. For example, I say hello to him like this. That's like the, the that's like guys greeting. This is girls greeting. Oh! 
This is guys greeting. But there's all kinds of prayers, all kinds of ways to communicate. Now, here they are. I'm going to throw them at you, okay? This is going to trip some of you out. Number one, here's a, diff here's a kind of prayer. Number one, prayer walks. Now, probably none of you have done this, especially if you're a man. Prayer walk. A prayer walk is very biblical. You find that happening when the walls of Jericho came down. You had a group of people that were marching. They were walking. And as they were walking, they were praying. And it kind of reminds me of what God told Joshua. God told Joshua in chapter 1 verse 3. He said, every place the sole of your feet was set upon, he says what? I have given you. Every place your feet, the soles of your feet, tread upon, walk upon in the name of Jesus. In his name, I proclaim it. I profess it. I see it. I claim it. So somebody say amen. See, prayer walking. There's just, you just, prayer is not just on your knees praying. As a matter of fact, that's why most people don't pray. I asked God today, this morning, I said, God, why don't people pray? And God said, there's three reasons why people don't pray. Number one, he says, one of the reasons that they don't pray is because they're just afraid of me. They're afraid if they talk to me, I'm going to rebuke them. They're afraid if they talk to me, I'm going to put them in their place. I'm going to check them. I'm going to, I'm going to tell them how bad of a person they are when they come to me. God says, they're afraid. God says, secondly, why people don't pray. God told me this morning, he says, because they don't know how to pray. And then God told me, thirdly, he goes, sad to say this. He says, but thirdly, they just don't make the time to pray. Most people in this room don't pray because you think the only way to pray is on your knees. And on your knees, it's going to take up a whole hour of what else you could be doing. You can pray your walk. Now, some of you may be, may be criticizing this message, but criticize the walls of Jericho then. Because not one of them were on their knees praying. They were walking around those walls, praying what they wanted to seek to come into existence. And it came into existence while every while the sole of their feet treaded upon every square inch of that dirt ground. You could look at me and criticize me and say, how dare you um, water down prayer like that. Listen to me. Well, let me criticize you. You don't even pray, period. So don't criticize this message. <laughs> but look at it. It's practicing praying on location. Is what it is. You're praying on location. It's a type of intercessory prayer that involves walking to or near a particular place while praying. It could be, be defined as praying on site with insight. Oh, there's something about when you are on the site of something that you're believing for. It's like walking onto a car dealership. 
and you're walking around. you got to try this one time. Walk around every car that you want, and you pray or walk. Say, nope, God, I want black on black. I want black interior, black paint. No, this one has beige paint, so let me skip to the next, and let me let my foot shred over to the next 12 inches in the next car. And, yes, this is more like it, God. I like this one. Now we're talking, God. Let's keep on walking as we're talking because I'm on site with insight, and I'm praying as I'm on location. This is what you call prayer walking. And the place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give give you and you have not because you ask not the concept of prayer walking brings the person who is praying into direct contact into direct contact so there's not too many places in the bible that talks about prayer walking but i'll tell you one thing <laughs> i'll tell you this let's go back a couple of thousand years there were no cars. People were prayer walking everywhere they were going. So prayer walk. Try that one day. Okay. Here's another all kinds of prayer. Number one, prayer walking. Number two, corporate prayer. Write that down. I want to see fingers typing and pens writing. Corporate prayer. So number one, prayer walking. Number two, corporate prayer. Now, many people have the misconception of what corporate prayer is they think corporate prayer is just a whole group of people coming and starting to pray and they start babbling about a thousand different things to God that's not corporate prayer I like what the psalmist said he said in Psalms 133 verse 3 133 verse 3 he says behold how good and how pleasant it is together how it is when the people dwell together in unity see despite some of the misconceptions see and here's some mis misconceptions I just shared one of them people come together good people people come they start praying and there's a thousand petitions going up at the same time that's not really corporate prayer when you look at court when you when you when you look at one of the first New Testament corporate prayers that took place in the Bible it took place with the church of the book of Acts the Bible says what that they were all together, and what? They were in the same mind and one accord, and as they begin to pray for the same thing. You want to know what the prayer was all together? They were praying for the Holy Spirit. One wasn't praying for a new house. Another wasn't praying for healing. Another one of the 120 people weren't praying for uh, their marriage to get back together. Another one wasn't praying for their kids to get well. They all had one prayer in mind. One thing in common. This is corporate prayer. They all prayed for the same thing at the same time, in the same place, and they all got the same visitation. The Holy Spirit fell and was poured out like we've never seen again in history when they all begin to join together in corporate prayer. And here's the other thing. We're gathering for one hour on November the 7th. The church in the book of Acts, you know how long they were praying up there? They were praying in that upper room for 10 days. Ten days is their prayer. Ten minutes is our prayer. So look at, look at me. 
What kind of results do you want? Do you want a 10-minute prayer result? Or do you want the whole thing? You want the 10-day prayer result. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. Every Thursday, this beautiful band practices at my house. They rehearse at my house. Let me tell you what sounds different. What sounds different is when they are all playing their instruments individually. It still sounds beautiful. But believe me, when Jeremiah picks up the guitar and he starts playing some lead all by himself in the house, sounds beautiful, but not as beautiful when he's playing lead over the keys with the bass guitar, with the drums, another rhythm guitar. It doesn't sound as beautiful as now when one voice comes on, a second voice, third voice, then there's three-part harmony, four-part harmony, and it's starting to sound great. See, that's what corporate prayer is. Is that it's beautiful when you pray all by yourself, but when you start coming together, and when you start praying together, then you start seeing some swift breakthroughs taking place and some answered prayers starting to take place. So that's why it's very important that when we come here on November the 7th, you are going to be passed out a list of prayer targets. So that way all of us within the same hour, we're all going to be praying for the same thing at the same time so we can have an effective corporate prayer service going on on November the 7th. So the third kind of prayer is number three, prayers of praise and worship. Now, when I say praise and worship, the first thing you think of is singing. Praise and worship is not a music session. Praise and worship is not a selection of what songs we're singing today. Praise and worship is Singing is secondary on this subject of praise and worship. It's not first. But whenever we say praise and worship, we think of songs. Prayers of praise and worship are not songs of praise and worship. You know, I'll tell you why I got it. I'll tell you what broke the service today. Is when Pastor George came up here and at the end of the service, and don't get me wrong, I I acknowledge the worship already. Beautiful job. But when Pastor George came up here... And what did he do? He got the mic, and what did he first, what was the first thing he said? This excited me. He says, everybody begin to worship God. Okay, but then he says, he is the all-powerful God. He is the all-knowing God, and he is the omnipresent God. Those are the three things he said to each and every one of us. You know what he did? He was praying praise and worship. He didn't sing, thank God, right? He did not sing. Pastor George is smart. He's like, let me me make it known for the last 32 years that I've been in this church, I do not sing. But he can pray. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, the omnipresent. You know what he began to tell God? He began to tell God how wonderful he is. That's the prayer of praise and worship. See, the psalmist said, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your names. Psalms 138 verse 2 for those who are taking notes. See, when you're able to get down on 
on, on your knees, or you're able to walk around and pray, however you choose to do it. When you begin to tell God how great he is, you get his attention. Listen, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. 99% of the phone calls I get are requests, their problems, their issues, their struggles, their needs, there's conflicts. This is my life. So if I'm getting that, I can imagine what God is getting. How many times do you go to God just to tell him how wonderful he is, or you go to God to tell him to get you out of the mess? See, God wants to hear just like a woman wants to hear. Just like, so it's, you know, men are okay. They don't need to be told they look good every day at least. I mean, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not putting down women. I'm just saying this is how God made women. They're, they're in need. They're, they, they have a need for affection. They have a need for affection. And, 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 and God needs to be told of our affection towards him. He needs to be told how wonderful he is, how the beauty of his holiness is, how the power of his righteousness, how he's adored, and how the 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 the, the, the uh, how he's magnified, and, and and how the beautiful the beauty of his creation is, how the, the 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 proven love that he has shown, and and how the embracing touch that he gives through his spirit. When you're able to just tell God how powerful he is and how glorious he is and how great of a forgiving person in God that he is you can't help but to get God's attention when you're praying the prayer of praise and worship when's the last time you did that to God God wants to hear that say amen with me this morning okay here's another kind of prayer number four prayers of binding and losing, loosing, binding and loosening. This is another type of prayer that a lot of you got to practice. Our hopes too much are in a system or in a government. Our hopes too much are in a job or in a paycheck. But that's not where the source, where we should spend our time with that source. Where we should spend our, be spending our time after we pray the praise and worship is now when we start getting into a binding and loosening prayer. And I'm going to tell you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. What else do you want from God? What else? He's given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What else do you want? You have the key. You have multiple of them on your ring set. You have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That's like you're walking into a mansion in Malibu, California, and you have a key to every single room. You have a key to open up that electronic gate to get into the private property. Then you got the key to walk through the front door, and then you got the key to the kitchen area. You got the key to the laundry room. You got the key to every single room in that mansion. 
mansion. You got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What else do you want? You got everything that you need. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall be loosened on earth shall be loosened in heaven. You know how much authority you're being given? You know how much power that is being vested into your life? Do you know the favor that is upon you when Jesus says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven? You know how Jesus said, nobody, and write this down if you're taking notes, in Mark chapter 3, verse 27. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. Okay, you know what that is saying? The power that you walk around with, absent with God, is not powerful enough to tie up a strong man that has been interrupting your miserable life. You cannot come across a strong man. The strong man is the devil. You cannot put him in his place if Jesus doesn't reside in this place. You cannot talk to him with your fanciness. You can't talk to him and come at him with all your bling and all your knowledge and your remarkable background of your study life. You cannot come to the devil and check him if you have not first approached the kingdom of God and tied up the strong man after you've allowed God to tie up your life. And though this kind of prayer, through this kind of prayer, we have power, we have authority to bind evil and loose God's purposes on your life. Okay, there's another kind of prayer, and I'm flying through this, guys. Number five, prayers of agreement. Prayers of agreement. Now, this is good because this means you don't have to pray all by yourself. This means that somebody else could be agreeing with you for what you're praying for. And that's when Jesus said again in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, he says, And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. The prayer of agreement. See, this is why it is healthy. To have somebody else in your life, and, and I get this all the time. Pastor, I need for you to be in agreement with me for this prayer request. I need somebody to be in agreement with, with you, with me. The prayers of agreement. It is another powerful prayer to add to your arsenal of prayer habits and strategies. Two people have to be in perfect agreement in order for this to take place. You have to agree with it before the Lord. And you agree with somebody. You got me. I got you. We're in this together. We're praying for the same thing. And make sure you let me know. This is what we always do on, a pray, on, on the internet. When people are sending prayer requests to us online. We always respond to them with. Please notify us the results of this prayer. 
because we are in agreement with this person. We want to know how God is moving, if God is moving, when God is moving, did he move, how he moved. We want to know what happened. Why? Because we have just as much as stock in that prayer request as they do. I wish I had an amen, you know. I mean, if I was preaching about about our music team, I would understand. But I'm preaching about God. I'm preaching about Jesus. I'm preaching about how you can be a better communicator with the only one that can. Okay, the sixth kind of prayer is what is called prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. I like uh, what uh, the Bible says in Psalms 106, verse 23. It says, Moses, his chosen one, stood before him in the breach. To turn away his wrath lest he destroy them. Okay, Mo, uh, you got to picture this, okay, because this is what intercession is. Moses, the Bible says, the chosen one stood before him in the breach, in between of this and that. Prayers of intercession. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, uh, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly interceding to God for him. Here's simply put what intercession is. Simply put is intercessory prayer is the act of praying on behalf of others. Um, okay, that word intercede, intercede. It's broken up in two parts, enter and seed. The word enter means between. The word seed means go. So the prayer of intercession is somebody who goes between. Oh, how can I demonstrate this? Manuel, come over here, please, uh, and just stand right there. Who else is here? Uh, 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 Julian, come over here, please, and just stand right there. S stand right here, please, right here. The prayer of intercession, intercede, to go between, and this is what the priest did in the Old Testament. The priest, the only way, the only way, Manuel, I hate to say this, but you're a sinful man, okay? You're a sinful man, and Julian, you'd love to hear this, you're God. <laughs> I'm an intercessor. I'm an intercessor. My job is to go between, because that's what intercede means. Enter, between, seed, go. My job is to go between. Here's a small God. <laughs> that's what he told me. He said he's a small God. And here's a sinful man. <clears throat> he's so sinful he can't pray. He's so lost, he does not know how to pray. He's been gone so long, he doesn't know what the kingdom of God is. He doesn't know what it looks like. He doesn't know, even know if he has permission to approach the throne of grace. But here's where I come in, and here's where you come in. Because everybody has an uncle just like him. Everybody has a father just like him. Everybody has a cousin that is just like him. 
And here's where you come in. Here's where I come in. And I now start praying the prayers of intercession. I go between God and him. And I start asking God for what he can't ask for. I start asking God for what he doesn't know how to ask for. I start asking God because I'm an intercessor. I come between. And I start praying on behalf of a wounded man who does not know how to walk with Christ. Prayers of intercession. Thank you. Number seven, prayers of petition. Prayers of petition. Now, biblically, a petition in the Bible is when you would actually bring a formal written request addressed to the higher authority having the power to grant it. Did you catch that? Think of a court of law. Think of a court of law. Think of a, I don't know, just think, think of, of a petition. But actually, a petition is used in the court of law. But a petition actually is an official written request that is brought to a higher authority that will grant the request. So prayers of petition. See, many people say this. They say, I'm going to add you on my prayer list. But if your prayer list is not written down, it's not a prayer of petition. A petition is an official writing down on a piece of paper. I have a prayer list. I pray for people. I have people's name on my prayer list. And it's a petition. It's a formal request that I bring to God. And I approach the higher authority. And I ask God to grant this prayer of petition. It's used for special prayer re requests that reminds you. That reminds you. See, when I have this list, that means I never stop praying for these people. You know who these people are? I'll tell you who they are. There are people, they are pastors who wanted to take their lives. That's who they are. These are pastors who have reached out to me and were been where I was at, or maybe are at where I used to be. How could I not take those names to God and petition God, the higher authority, God, what you did for me? I know that that pastor can't see six months past his present. And I know that it looks better if he would just hang up the gloves and walk out. It looks better for him right now, but I petition the higher authority that you would grant this request and have mercy upon this pastor who so many people love in his church, but the devil has lied to him. I pray and, and, and I pray and I pray and I petition that you would have mercy on his life. Prayers of petition. Look at I'm sharing all these kinds of prayers with you. How could you not, how could you go home and not know how to do this? This is the best gift I can give to you. Well, I was visiting, when I, I was visiting this young man in, in jail who's doing life in prison, who's going to do life in prison. And I told this young man, I said, listen. I know there's nobody here with you. And right now your best friend is going to have to be God. Because your best friend used to be 
And I won't drop names, but your best, best friend used to be so-and-so, but, but, but that person's not in here with you. You need to get a new best friend. And here's what I told this young person. I says, the best gift that your mother could have ever given you was to introduce you to Jesus Christ in kids' ministry. That's the best gift because that's the only gift you have right now. And that's the best gift that you can ever have in your life right now. And I said, you're going to have to, you're going to have to begin to, to get close to that best friend. You're going to have to get close to this best friend because nobody else is in here with you. This is the best gift I can give you. You're, you're welcome, man. This is the best gift I can give you. It's to teach you how to pray. Because your counselor won't always be there. Your therapist will cancel out on you. Your pastor won't pick up the phone. Your husband will walk out on you. People will lie about you. And you're going to remember 30 years later, the best gift that the pastor ever gave you was to teach you how to pray. Number eight, prayer wars with prophecy. Now, I have so many more, but I think I'll stop here, okay? I'm going to stop here. We got a lot of time to talk about this, right, throughout the weeks. Prayer wars of prophecy. I like this one. <clears throat> Here's how I close. I want you to please pay attention. Paul told Timothy, this charge I commit to you, son. This spiritual son. This young man that I'm visiting in jail, doing prison, he doesn't have his father. He's doing life. He doesn't have his father. I'm a spiritual dad. I'm the only male figure that will go and visit him. Midway during the conversation, he starts calling me dad. And I got heartbroken because I'm like, where's his father? In a time like this, where's his father? He says, thank you, dad. Thank you for the prayers today, dad. I'll see you again, right, Dad? At first, I'm like, this is creepy, but my heart goes out to this young man. I says, yes, son, I'll be back. Paul tells Timothy, his spiritual son, he says, this charge I give to you, son, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. This, this don't make sense to people who just read their Bible like bah, 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 like that. This don't make sense. If you're reading your Bible, just get through a chapter a day. You're not getting nothing a day. Paul is telling Timothy. Paul is telling Timothy. He says, Timothy, he says, I charge and I commit you. I charge and I commit that all the prophecies that were said of you, that you would take them to warfare in prayer. Because you know what's happening is when you're praying prophecies, 
that have been given to you, you are praying God's will over your life. You know, throughout the years that I've been serving God, I've only really had three prophecies over my life. Like personal prophecies. I had a lot of people say, God's going to use you. That's kind of general. God uses everybody. He uses a donkey. He uses rocks. But when you start getting personal prophecies, like the first prophecy I got, this was years ago. And I may say the story wrong, but I'll say the content. I get a phone call from a man of God. And this, this person honestly never, never, never calls me. I would never think he would call me, honestly. And he calls and he says, there's a reason why I'm calling you. First of all, I'm surprised it's this man calling me. Secondly, he says, I'm calling you because God told me to call you and give you a word. Now this man is a prophet. In other words, his prophecy is going to be to say, you need to get right with God. Um, you're walking half-heartedly. You know, that type of prophet. But he, this was total opposite. He says, God wants me to tell you that you are going to be, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but this is the content. You're going to be so blessed financially. And honestly, this is the only prophecy I didn't write down. You're going to be so blessed financially. And here's what he said. He says, never again in your whole life will you have to be in need of money. See, you guys are jealous because if that was for you, you would be clapping right now. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is, this is a powerful prophecy. Now, I'll be honest with you. We've been through a season where I questioned that prophecy. Where I wondered, I said, I don't know if this really was a man of God because this prophecy is total opposite of what he prophesied. But I'll tell you this. This prophecy has been correct. I've, I've never been... I don't want to say in need of money, but I'll say this. God has never forsaken me. I'm still eating every day. I, I'm still able to drive around town every day. Our church is still open every single day. I mean, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, our, 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 our house is paid every month. Our, everything is taken care of. Our lights aren't being shut off. I mean, God is good. I mean, yes, he, he's been right. But guess what? I can't wait I, as a matter of fact, we're there already. Why am I holding back? We're so blessed. I'm going to say it again. We are so blessed. We're able to pay. I said we're able to pay for people to record music. We're able to bless other people. Why? Because I pray the prayer wars of prophecy. Now, there's another prophecy that came on my life. Hang on, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Joan. Just Let me just... Uh, I don't want no uh, interruptions. This was the biggest one anyway, so I messed it all up. It would have been quieter if I just messed it up, right? The second prophecy that I received, and I believed I shared it here, but there was an, a world-renowned evangelist that visited our church, and he said, I have a word for you, but I can't say it over the microphone. 
it got to be private. So begin to tell me in my ear, put the mic behind his back. He says, the word, the Lord has a word for you. And here's what God says. He says, I'm going to raise you up and you're going to travel the nations. You're going to impact an entire world. And you're going to be an instrument that you can't even fathom. And you are going to be a vessel in God's hand. And you are going to be used so powerful. Celebrities are going to be attracted to you. Hurting people are going to be attracted to you. And then he says, but God wants me to tell you. All this is going to happen not in the ministry that you're in. This was about seven years ago. The third prophecy I got was with another evangelist that came to our church. This prophecy was not a sentence, it was not a paragraph, but it was an entire chapter. That is a prophecy that was written down just like the other one was written down with this other world-renowned evangelist. But with the prayer wars of prophecy, we are charged that according to the prophecies that previously were concerning our lives, that we should wage in good warfare with these prophecies that were given to us. It's important to write your prophecies down. Because they define your spiritual future. I'm going to say it again. When you write your prophecies down, it defines your spiritual future. So you know what I did? Yesterday as I was completing this sermon, I was in my home office all by myself completing this sermon. And I said, you know what? I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm going to print out that prophecy that was given to me, the very last prophecy that was given to me. I'm going to print this thing out. I'm going to walk over there to that church church building. And as I walk around that church building, I'm going to begin to pray these prayer warriors of prophecy. I'm going to pull this prophecy out, and I'm going to begin to say, God, because here's what the word of the Lord said. It says, this prophecy came over me, and it says, Pastor Fernie, this word of the Lord is for you. Uh, first of all, already, here's what I'm telling God at that building. God, you said this was for me. Not from the church I came from. Not the name of our previous church. Not the name of my current church. This prophecy is for me. So wherever I go, whatever church I belong to, whatever I call my church, wherever we go, this prophecy is going to be for me. Wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, and whoever's following gets the prophecy with it. Pastor Fernie, it says, the word of the Lord is for you. And it says, the Lord says, because you put people first before facility and before finances, I will bless you with both. Man, I, I could go on and on and on, but here's where it started getting really juicy with me and God. It says here, I'm walking around this building yesterday, and, and here's the, the word of the Lord says, The day will come when that ribbon is cut, says the Lord. Now, you guys, look at man. This is prayer walking combined 
Prayer walking combined with prayer wars of prophecy. Combined. So I'm walking around this property where the soles of my feet are treading. And what I start doing is I start envisioning the ribbon cut. Then I start praying, God, but, 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 but behind that ribbon are going to be people walking through those doors looking for a seat to find. They're going to be people that are bringing in their finances with their tithe and offering to make the budget of the new place that we're going to be worshiping God in. I see the ribbon being cut, God, not because it's my vision, but because you gave me a word. You gave me a word on August the 30th, 2015. 2015. You said the day will come. Not if it comes, but the day will come when that ribbon would be cut, says the Lord. This makes prayer exciting. This don't make prayer boring. This don't make it look like it's taking up too much time. It doesn't make me afraid of God. And surely I know how to pray. This makes prayer very exciting. It's not a ritual. It's not a religion. This makes prayer exciting. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. This defines my spiritual future. What did God say about your marriage? What did he say about your company? What did he say about your business? You better write that prophecy down because it defines your spiritual future. Prayers, wars of prophecy. Lift up your hands, everybody.